the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Oh, truer words were never spoken. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Find out how they can educate you and in the world of precious metals, silver and gold, and how it should fit or could fit into your portfolio. I recently had a friend send me a tweet of his. His name is Michael Sobolik. He's been on Sideline Sanity before talking about uh, the, the troubling relationship between the United States and China and really just the troubling government that is the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. He sends me this tweet and he writes, it appears the NBA still hasn't learned a thing. And in the tweet is um, this Chinese diplomat. He was an NBA, uh, or excuse me, a, a U.S. ambassador from China. And he's at a Washington Wizards game and he's taking a free throw uh, on the NBA basketball court. And the this was December 27th, 2022, just you know, a week or so ago. And he writes, tried my first throw at an NBA game at Wash Wizards. Also renewed our special relationship as Washington Wizards was the first NBA team to visit China in 1979 when our two countries established diplomatic relationship. So the NBA has been criticized, and I think rightly so, for being so entangled with China that they can't even criticize the oppression and the genocide that the CCP is responsible for, the Uyghurs who are dying and being tortured, and the slavery that is going on in China. And so Michael Sobolik critiques them once again by saying having this ambassador take free throws at a game in December still appears the NBA hasn't learned a thing. Michael Sobolik's going to join us. He is an expert in this field. He is with the American Foreign Policy Center as an expert in Indochina relations and policy. And he's a really interesting guy. We've had him on once before. We'll talk a little bit more about the NBA and its entanglement with this country. That's coming up next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, as I mentioned in the intro, Michael Sobolik is with the American Foreign Policy Center. He is a fellow in Indo-Pacific Studies, and he recently tweeted me or sent me, emailed me a picture of, um, it was a basketball arena. It was the Washington Wizards, and they had a Chinese politician taking a shot. 
And he was sort of boasting about the fact that we look at me, I'm taking a basket shot here at the Washington Wizards. And I think your tweet was something like the NBA still hasn't learned. Take me through what you when you saw this picture and what your reaction was. Uh, Happy to, Michelle. And thanks. Thanks for having me on again. So, yeah, Happy New Year. The the individual in question is a guy named Qinggang, and he has up until very recently been China's ambassador to the United States in Washington. But he is leaving D.C. because he's about to go take up a new post, which is the foreign affairs minister of China, which is a huge promotion for him. But when he was at the free throw line practicing his shots, um, there's a lot to dissect there. It's on the one hand, the ambassador of a genocidal regime, the Chinese Communist Party, that has shown no indication that it's willing or interested in changing away from a dictatorship. The CCP has been oppressive for decades inside of China, and they're increasingly becoming oppressive and authoritarian in their foreign policy all around the world. But the other element of this is you have the Washington Wizards, uh, and by broader extension, the NBA, rolling out the red carpet for an emissary of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, this is nothing new, and I know that you know about this very well. The CCP has had its talons dug pretty deep into the NBA for a long time. But what makes this really interesting is just over the past few years, there's been a lot of turbulence between the NBA and China for a whole host of reasons. But there seems to be a thawing between the league and China. And uh, the league's been talking about this recently. Their revenues now are back up almost to where they were before China made a blackout of NBA games in 2019. So you see. And let's remind people real quick in 2019, yeah. the GM of the, was it was the Houston Rockets, right? Yes, Daryl Morey. Tweeted out. Yeah. We, yes, Daryl Morey tweeted out, we, I, I stand or we stand with Hong Kong and their independence, something of that nature. Am I, am I close? Yeah, you're right. So yeah, just to back up to give some more context here, uh, the CCP, uh, Chinese Communist Party was cracking down on democracy protests from very young students in Hong Kong in 2019. And Daryl Morey, as you, as you said, the general manager of the Rockets at the time, uh, tweeted a really innocuous tweet, which is fight for freedom, stand for Hong Kong or something like that. And the blowback yeah. was instant and it was really intense. The league basically demanded that Adam Silver, the commissioner, fire Daryl Morey and the threat was, if you don't do this, you're going to lose all your revenue from China. And the league tried to walk a middle ground. They didn't fire Daryl Morey, but they also offered some sort of an apology and they pressured Morey into doing the same, but it wasn't enough. China was like, nope, we're going to black out all of these games. And it lasted up until sometime in 2022. Uh, but that backstory, all that to say tells a really interesting and what should have been an instructive story to folks like Adam Silver and the NBA. This is not your normal partner that you're dealing with. Uh, the CCP shakedowns its own companies all the time. They're not going to hesitate to do the same to an American corporation if it runs afoul of their own national security and foreign policy ambitions. 
And keep in mind, for the NBA, we're talking billions of viewers and and so much revenue from that viewership from China. I mean, the relationship is purely it's purely a monetary one, right? I mean, I can't think of any other reason that the NBA would bow to this this communist dictatorship. It's absolutely monetary. And the thing is, it's not just for the league. Like the league gets hundreds of millions of dollars out of the China market, but it's also the owners. There was this fascinating article. I think it was an ESPN at some point last year where they lay out the monetary exposure that a whole host of NBA owners have. And it's upwards of like $10 billion with a B. Right. That right. These owners- because these owners have their hands in other companies that are either based in China, manufacturing in China, somehow intertwined with China. Is that about right? 100%. And, and <laughs> I, I stumbled into this accidentally a year ago. So in January of last year, I came across an individual named Chamath Palihapitiya, who was a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. He still may be, for all I know. But at the time, he certainly was. And he said on his own podcast that nobody cares about the Uyghurs. Now, for those of you who are listening, the Uyghurs are an oppressed Muslim uh, ethnic minority in Western China that that are the victims of a genocide right now. They, They have been for the past few years. But Chamath, yes, as we speak, as we speak, mm-hmm. that's right. This is happening again in the 21st century. But Chamath Palihapitiya, Golden State Warriors partial owner, couldn't be bothered to care about the Uyghurs. And he was brazen about this. And he got a ton of blowback for this. The White House issued a statement about it. Uh, the Golden State Warriors had to issue a statement distancing themselves from this. But this is the recurring problem with not just the NBA, but a lot of American corporations that are in yeah. that are in it with China. They always try to walk this middle yeah. ground of, look, we're making so much money here. We want to try to have our cake and eat it, too. It's so disheartening. And, you know, it's I realize that there isn't a simple. Well, there isn't an easy answer or an easy resolution for these corporations it's the entanglements run deep, but I just wish that there was courage among these CEOs and these corporatists to say, this isn't right. Um, what's happening here in China is not right. It's a threat to our democracy in America. It's a threat to the Western world, frankly, and we should be out of here. A uh, quick break, and then we'll continue with Michael and, and talk a little bit more about that. Plus, I have a surprise discussion with him. He knows what it is. But I'll tell you, um, it's, I think it's going to be nice. Back after this. So my dog Jersey is about to turn one, one year old. I guess that makes him not a puppy anymore. But to make sure that he's growing up healthy, um, I'm giving him this longevity supplement from Paw Made, P-A-W-M-A-D-E. So why am I doing that? Well, because the same thing that happens to our food, they do to pet food. And by that, I mean, they strip a lot of vitamins, a lot of minerals, nutrients that your dog needs to stay healthy. And the thought of Jersey suffering from poor health and not being able to tell me kind of breaks my heart. So if you want to avoid that, like I do, I want to tell you about this longevity formula from Paw Made. It's an all-natural health supplement for dogs made with 23 dog-friendly superfoods that'll keep your pup healthy and strong. 
This is veterinarian approved longevity formula. It boosts nutrient intake, protects against toxins, and it guards against premature aging. And that's important because aside from poor diet, toxins like pesticides, mold, and air pollution can all harm your pup's health. But longevity formula contains special toxin-fighting nutrients to protect your dog so they can live a long, happy life by your side. And that includes premium quality superfoods like, listen to this, organic mushrooms, kelp, goji berry, two kinds of probiotics, and more. And right now... Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. There's a limited time offer exclusively for our viewers and listeners. For every purchase of Longevity Formula, you receive a free bottle of Pomade's hip and joint formula too. So to claim that offer, go to pomade.com slash sideline, as in sideline sanity, or call toll-free 833-PAW-MADE. That's P-A-W-M-A-D-E dot com slash sideline. Or call 833-PAW-MADE, P-A-W-M-A-D-E. Okay, so I had Anis Cantor Freedom on my show. He, of course, Turkish basketball player, played in the NBA, living his dream. He once wore some sneakers in pregame that said something about freedom for, for the Turks. And, you know, they were the NBA was like, God love you. We support you. That's great. We, you know, we'll support you in any, any way we can. Then he wore some you know, sweatshirt or t-shirt or sneakers that said something about save the Uyghurs, you know, and the NBA went apoplectic and it wasn't long before he was out of the league. And I'm skipping a couple of steps there, but believe me when I tell you it was, uh, it involved the Houston Rockets again and a trade and and then him getting cut and he hasn't been back in the league since. And he has, his name is Ennis Cantor. He became an American citizen and changed his name legally to Ennis Cantor Freedom, which I love. And he is a brave soul. And he has been really the only person. And, and in fact, Michael, when there were all the, the protests and the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter protests and um, in the NBA, Ennis would tell his head, has said publicly, I tell my teammates, you don't know <laughs> what oppression is. You you don't know how free you are. You don't know how good you have it here in America. Trust me. And I, I don't know how many of them listened. Uh, and that is not to diminish any other, any other protest a player may have. But it, the comparison to China and what's going on with the Uyghurs, there is no comparison. And, 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 and again, I, I'm baffled that we have such trouble with our own history of slavery in the United States of America, but we turn a blind eye to what's happening to these people in China and we continue to do business with them. Again, 
Michael, hard to get away from. Bottom line is money, right? It, 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 and and deep, deep manufacturing entanglements. Well, first off, Enniskander Freedom is is a hero, and I, I have yeah. profound respect for him because he took a moral, principled stand at a cost to himself. And another thing I really appreciate about his witness is that he's highlighting a level of oppression inside of China that Americans, by our own recent experience, will find difficult to really understand. And, and I agree yeah. with you, Michelle, that's not to discount any of the issues we have here at home, far from it. I, I do think one of the really important antidotes to moral outrage in our own politics is perspective. And it's helpful to get an international perspective of what the rest of the world is like. And I think this is why <laughs> it's funny when LeBron James chastised Daryl Morey and told him he needed to be educated about what was happening to the Uyghurs. Oh, I mean, the, the funny thing about that is th there's a grain of truth in there was we should be educated, but not in the way that LeBron. Yeah, well, not in the way that LeBron was suggesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a great point, and and I've I've tried on this show with you and other guests to to remind people really what this is all about. And to me, when there's slavery anywhere in China, then it trickles down to everywhere, because if you've got the Uyghurs and other slave labor manufacturing anything, then it makes everything cheaper everywhere, and that's why we get stuff so it's, cheap from China, folks. So. It's pretty simple. It's so true. And, and I guess the the big final note for me that comes to mind here is, I think it was last year, Adam Silver was giving an interview and he basically started complaining a bit on the record. He, he said something along the lines of, I just don't get it. I don't understand why the league, why the NBA is getting singled out among all these other entities that are doing business in China. I mean, number one, Crimea River. But number two, it's a <laughs> foreshadowing. It's a foreshadowing of the whole country and where the direction we're heading with the Chinese Communist Party. The, the NBA is one entity that has made a whole bunch of money off of engagement with China. And now they're getting blowback from it. And they're trying to figure out where do we go next? This is the same story that's happening at a much broader scale with the United States. We've made a ton of money and we've had we've had a very high standard of living by virtue of our engagement with China. But there are risks and not just risks, risks, but threats involved that are really yeah. metastasizing now. And unlike Adam Silver and other league leadership that are trying to prolong the prosperity they're making off of genocide and censorship and oppression, we need to be serious about our relationship with China and instead of engaging this re regime, really start to counter them and compete with them. Well, if the markets have you down, <laughs> and they, they do me, actually, they have me dizzy and a little bit nauseous. Um, and so that's why we incorporated silver and gold into our portfolio, because Gold protects against a weakening dollar. It's a hedge against inflation. It does things for your money long term that the stock market just can't do. Now, if you remember 2008, and who can forget that it was a financial crisis and people who invested in gold saw significant gains and others lost their retirements. So here we are with insane gas prices, groceries really expensive. Gosh, someone told me they had to buy a 
they didn't have to. They went to buy a brisket the other day and it was incredibly expensive. So that's it, it's all over the place. Um, gold prices are rising because investors are turning to gold for that protection, that hedge against inflation. So you want an investment, you need an investment that's going to protect your wealth in retirement. Call Legacy Precious Metals today. Be proactive while there's still time. You can talk to one of their IRA experts at 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All of this talk about China and the NBA, and by the way, the NBA also has a really strong association with Nike, which also does a lot of its manufacturing in China. So the NBA isn't necessarily being singled out. It's it's okay. We're going to leave that topic momentarily. And as I promised, when you look at Michael Sobolik's profile on Twitter, which I, I, I do look at people's because I, I, I find it fascinating when you have to describe yourself in a few few words, right? In a few terms. And the very first thing that Michael Sobolik says is Christ follower. And lately I've been asking a lot of my guests to talk about faith and how it plays a role in their life. And it's, again, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. This is not me evangelizing because I, I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. I was born and raised Catholic, baptized, but my kids are, were baptized Lutheran. My husband was, and my husband and I got married in a Protestant church, yada, yada, yada. So clearly, uh, you know, I, I'm not evangelizing here, but I have found myself, Michael, very interested in the happiness and well-being that I see in a lot of my friends, people that I meet like you, people that um, find faith, so they are so rooted in it. And they seem to be happier for it. And in a day and age where a lot of people are depressed and they are looking at themselves as purely victims or, or oppressed or, you know, the, the world is really feeling dark right now. When you at the very beginning of your professional Twitter page say Christ follower, that strikes me. So I guess I'd start with how did you become a Christ follower? It was through my family initially. It was through my parents. I I was at very, very young when I started following Jesus. I think I was like four years old when I began my relationship with him. And that was a product of the family I grew up in. It was a product of going to church at a very young age. But like like all good stories, sorry. Let me put on my. That's okay. Disturb. Don't worry about the day. Hey, I, I had that happen to me on live television recently. So don't worry about a ding. Plus. That's okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, like all good stories, uh, it's it's changed over time, and 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 life has certainly gotten harder since age four, right? It all it always does. I'm in my mid thirties yeah. now. Um, I I take solace in my relationship with Jesus. Uh, because I need something more than a material life. I, I believe that myself and every human being was made for a relationship with our creator. And I, I think that hardwired nature in myself longs for communion with God. 
And I, I think all of my relationships with other humans reflect that deeper longing. And I, I, it's not just that my relationship with God is something that helps me get through the day or makes life bearable. <laughs> life is hard. I'm not denying that at all. Uh, it gives meaning and depth and joy to everything. And I think the more I follow Christ, I find that uh, I am one integrated person. I'm not this employee over here. I'm not a husband here. I'm not a prospective father here. Uh, I'm one person, just like all of us are. And the thing that gives me direction and unity, the thing that ties all that together and gives me a North Star when life does get turbulent and unpredictable and scary is the strength and goodness and love of Christ. So you, you mentioned being about four years old when you, you know, you're going to church. Clearly, a four-year-old is just kind of doing what mom and dad ask him to do. And at what point in your growing up did you really recognize that this was, you know, more than just something mom and dad were requiring you to do? Because, you know, I went to church as a little girl, too, and I was bored. And I would sing the songs and I would do, I would read all the, along with the, the readings, but I, I didn't, I didn't feel, I don't think I felt that connection very early. So when did it sort of click? You know, I can point to two different times. My faith really transformed into something durable and strong beginning at age 25, and that was when I'd finished all of my education and I moved from Texas to Washington to start looking for work in foreign policy. And just because of my disposition, school always came pretty easily for me. But when school was over and I moved up to Washington and had a really tough job search, I, <laughs> I had a bit of an existential crisis, I guess, because I had this one big <laughs> thing that I really wanted that was not coming easily for me. And, you know, it's easy to feel like a failure in those situations. It's easy to question yourself and wonder, is, is my life, you know, is there something wrong with me, you know? And my faith in the Lord, I, I think in that time, refined away some sense of entitlement that I had in my life that I was owed success. I think it also deepened my trust in God, who I don't see as just this remote all powerful being. I see him as a heavenly father who cares for me and who loves me. And it helped me put more stock in that love. And, and the second thing briefly was, or I guess is my wife's and my journey through infertility into adoption. Oh. And, and we knew when we were dating and when we got married that we would build our family through adoption. And that has been a miraculous journey of, of disappointed hopes of, you know, wanting progeny, mm -hmm. of course, and dealing with that. And also to getting into the world of adoption. My wife is adopted. So like the, we're carrying on that tradition in our family, which is beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, but but th that whole journey, which is very much ongoing right now, has taken me deeper into who God is to me. And he's, he's just, he's just not my father. I'm his adopted son. And I, mm -hmm. my wife and I are now seeing that play out in our own life as a family together, which is really, really special. 
It's an incredible story. And one of the things I want to tell you, Michael, because we adopted our second child, um, it is worth every minute of the wait. And yes, every anyone who's out there has dealt with infertility or has friends who have, it is one of the most painful parts of, of a life. It, it, it was certainly the most challenging part of my marriage and really probably of my life to not be able to just give my my husband, not give my husband, produce for us a child until we finally miraculously had our son. And trust me, that was a miracle. And then we got to adopt our second child. And oh my gosh, what a gift. What a gift. Mm -hmm. So um, you'll get there. And for anyone else who's dealing with this, you will get there. Everyone builds their families a different way. And, um, and people will say to you, oh, Michael, you've, you've taken in this child, this boy or girl is so lucky. And you will know in your heart, you and your wife are the lucky yes. ones. You will feel that. And so uh, do any, any update you care to share? Where are you in the process? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, the answer is yes, I'd love to. So we are matched. We're matched with a little boy in northern India in Uttar Pradesh. And he, at this rate, he's probably 19, 20 months old. We have photos, we have videos, but it's not finalized yet. So we can't share uh, much more information beyond that. But we know who he is. We know his name. And we are, uh, Lord willing, we'll be on a plane to New Delhi probably the second half of this year. And we are okay. ecstatic and we cannot wait. Oh gosh, I'm getting all misty now because I know what that plane ride's going to be like, and I know what that time is going to be like for you, and I'm thrilled Thank for you. you. And I just, oh gosh, I'm getting way too emotional. But it's 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 a, it's just like uh, people who haven't had a child yet have. You can't know what it's like to have a child. People who haven't gone through the adoption process, you can't know what that's like. And so once you do, then you turn into this mess of an emotional <laughs> being like I am right now. So um, all the best with that. I can't wait to hear more and we'll be patient for you and with you. And uh, I, I'm thank thankful that you were willing to share this. It's not everyone that's in, you know, American foreign policy that's just <laughs> willing to, to spill about these very personal things. And it's, I am genuinely curious and somewhat for selfish reasons, but also for our listeners just to understand um, this, this, this journey of faith that people have. And it, it, it's interesting to me. It's, I, I envy it in a way. And so I'm kind of tiptoeing um, around it and toward it. And thank you for sharing. That. It is an honor to share. And, and it's, it's a rare opportunity to discuss in, in these spaces, but I agree with you. Like, Everything is connected. Nothing is segmented or siloed. And I, I find that my faith and my work mesh together every single day. And, and I love the chance to talk about them, not just side by side, but together. So thank you so much. I'm grateful for you coming on, talking about these really, really, really important issues that people do need to be educating themselves about. Thank you, LeBron. And, uh, and again, for you to share some of this with us, and I'm thrilled for you and your wife and um, prospective daddy and mommy. 
He is Michael Sobolik. You can find him at Michael Sobolik on Twitter, uh, the Great Power Podcast as well, and uh, you know AFPC, which is the American Foreign Policy Center, afpc.org. He is one of their experts. So, Michael, thank you. And uh, I, I think that hopefully by the next time I talk to you, you'll be returning with uh, your son. Lord willing, I cannot wait. <laughs> thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, you're welcome, Michael. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Don't forget to be brave and do good. Always a good day when Charles Thorngren of Legacy Precious Metals can join us and answer some really different questions. And I thought of a few new ones for you, Charles, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated and we hear so much about gold and silver and, and precious metals. So if I could just ask this broad question, what is the role of gold mm. in a portfolio? Great question. And when we look at that, and the answer to that is, has a couple of different features to it. It depends on the individual. But its main purpose is the insurance policy for your finances. It is meant to be the foundation by which you do all other things, right? We know that gold and silver um, have an inverse relationship to the dollar. Um, it protects your purchasing power. So when we invest, that's what we're saying. We want to make sure that we have the ability to manage our money and have our money do what we need it to do for us. It's not the collection of dollars for dollar's sake, but for what it does for us, how we pay our bills, how we retire, how we feed our family, how we uh, go on and bless others and, and donate to causes we believe in. That's what money does for us. It's not the dollar itself. It's the thing it provides for us. And what gold does is make sure that that money continues to have purchasing value. Because there are times we find that, hey, my money doesn't have the same purchasing Absolutely. value it had last month. Absolutely. And, and this is a unique time. We're seeing it. I, I This term called hyperinflation, which usually refers to, you know, inflation in the 18s and 20 percent. I consider this a time of hyperinflation because it's so much more than what we're normally used to. Right. When we prepare and we budget and we say, this is the course of my life and this is how I'm going to do things, this is where I'm going to put my money, we use some basic numbers, 2 to 3% inflation. That's what the Fed says is good. But that's not even great. Over a lifetime, that's a lot of inflationary loss to your dollar. But when you have a period where it jumps to the points where we're at now and we're in the eight and a half, nine is going to be into the double digits soon, in this shorter time frame, that's a hyperinflation situation to me because it throws everything off dynamically and so, so radically. You do, you do see us going into double digits, huh? Absolutely. Oh. The Fed even sees us going into double digits. You know, there was a, an interesting report where one of the, the Fed chairmen were saying, 2023, we're not going to talk about that. But in 2024, by summer, we may be able to start to drop the interest rates. When someone tells me they're in charge of something, but they say this new year that's coming, just forget about that completely. We're not even going to talk about that. That's a bad sign. <laughs> they don't want you to think about it. Exactly. They, don't, they want you to look past it and sort of ride it, ride it off and... right now. Just don't even think yeah. about it. It's going to be bad. But hey, 2024, though, you know, and interestingly enough, right around the time of an election, they want to start talking about what they're going to do. Isn't that fascinating? That timing is just really interesting. Before I we finish up here, I, 
I'm always fascinated with how gold is priced. How, how do we get a price of gold? You know, the spot price of gold is really determined by the world market. The London Bullion Exchange, right? And this has been for hundreds of years now, um, sets a price and the rest of the world revolves around that. Now, our currency will determine how much more than it is in the pounds and things like that. And there's a calculation for it. But that's one of the great things about gold and silver. Their value is recognized around the world. No matter what currency, what country you're in, it has value. Uh, I just recently come back from a trip where I was overseas not that long ago, and I bring gold with me everywhere I go. Um, not a lot, so don't try to catch me in the airport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have something that is valuable no matter where I'm at. I can go anywhere in any country and turn that into its currency in no time at all. You're talking about carrying around physical gold? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Do you, do you, do you How walk much around is with safe dollars? to carry around if you're, well, no, you're right. So if, and, and that gold is going to have the same uh, value across the board, no matter, no matter where I go, slight right? Because, very slight deviations, yeah. but it's not very large. Okay. You know, usually less than yeah. 1% difference in the price. This is really interesting. I, I can't let you go before I ask you this because I'm picturing you now walking around with some <laughs> you know, gold coins in your pocket. I'm thinking, wow, that would feel risky. But when you go into another country, for instance, with some gold, how easy is it for you to go say, here, I want to exchange this for, or, you know, I'm assuming you're not going to a restaurant and slapping down a gold no. bullion or something. No. But you could overseas. In certain places of the world, they recognize that just like regular currency. Wow. But I wouldn't use but, gold. But it's dinner. easy to ch exchange once you get to another country? Yeah. Just very easy. Most of the time you can do it at the airport. Same places where they change currency. A lot of them will change uh, metals too. And is physical bullion the, the, the best way to go? It is. It really is. When you're traveling or always in any investment in gold? Uh, you know, there's certain things you can do outside of just bullion that may make sense once you've laid a portfolio down, right? Um, diversity in metals is important too, but your basis for all investments should be your basic bullion, whether it's gold or silver. You want to have that foundation set in the base metal itself, giving you the most value that you can get. And obviously every person's situation is unique. So why not just call and speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals, 866 528 or they can always download your free investor's guide, right? It's true. at LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do you have any gold on you right now? I do. Give me half a second. I got to see this. I just want to see. I mean, I, it's it seems like almost like in the old days when you walk around with that, you know, Mr. Scrooge and his gold coins in his pocket. Not that you're Scrooge. Can you sort of turn it around and show us that? That's now for our listeners, they're not going to be able to to just to see what we're seeing, but you've got a little container and they're just they're kind of the size of half dollars, right? Yeah, Would just about a half dollar. Quarters, and this or? is this is the American Gold Eagle, and this is uh twenty two thousand dollars worth of metal. Yikes. Charles isn't messing around <laughs> and neither are we, but please go get your questions answered. This is such an important time to be thinking about your money, your long-term play in addition to every short-term concern that you have. Charles, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And you know what? 2023 is coming. Call now, find out <laughs> so you can make your decisions for, before then. 
Yes. And before the elections again, yes. and they can tell us what they're going to tell us then. They're, they're telling you to overlook 2023. That means you now's the time to inquire. Absolutely. Again, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles Thorngren, always good to see you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.